There he goes. One of God's own prototypes. A high-powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live and too rare to die. Welcome to episode 49 of the Digital Freemason Podcast for the week of uh, February 19th, 2007. I'm your host, Scott, and I'll be taking along my excellent adventures through the short world of Masonic educational papers. So today, we are dealing with one with the uh, landmarks, and I know that this is some question that I've, I had up here until ah, just fairly recent, is uh, what were the landmarks? I know that uh, I was charged with uh, following the landmarks and protecting them and all that sort of stuff as I was going through my degrees, and yet I never saw them published. And it wasn't until I was accompanying my uh, district deputy grand master, Brother Martin Bumstead, on uh, his official visits and where I was doing the inspection of the books, that he pulled up a, uh, a real nice piece on the landmarks and what, uh, what they are. and has some, some really good sort of preamble going into it, explaining how they were, where they came to be, and sort of the, the varied varied groups of the art that there are, depending on which uh, author you talk to. So that got me thinking about uh, probably a lot of other people that don't know about uh, the landmarks or have an understanding of where it is if you're just fairly new to the craft. So I found this piece, which was, I guess, published in the, uh, the Masonic Bulletin in uh, the Grand Lodge of British Columbia in Yukon back in 1953, and was written by our ring worshipful brother Howard, who was a past district deputy grandmaster. So he sort of touches on all of the, uh, well, I'd say most of the landmarks. It gives a little bit of understanding as to sort of how it's all about. But anyway, here we go. Here's um, Red Wishful Brothers Howard's uh, quick little piece on the ancient landmarks. During the annual installation and investiture of officers, Freemasons are informed that from time immemorial, it has been an established custom among Freemasons for each lodge once in every year at a stated period, to select from amongst its wardens and past masters a skilled craftsman to preside over them in the capacity of worshipful master. And the brother selected has been informed that one of the qualifications which are essentially requisite in every candidate for the master's chair is that he should be well skilled in the landmarks of the craft. I therefore thought it appropriate to endeavor to portray some of the landmarks in Freemasonry. In ancient times, it was the custom to mark the boundaries of your land by means of stone pillars, the removal of which, by malicious people, would be the occasion of much confusion, men having no other guide than these pillars by which, which to distinguish the limits of their property. To remove them, therefore, was considered a heinous crime. Hence those peculiar marks of distinction by which we are separated from the profane world, and by which we are enabled to designate our inheritances for masons, are called the landmarks of the craft. In the decision of question as to which are and which are not the landmarks of Freemasonry, there has been much diversity on the opinion among different writers. Some restrict them to signs, tokens, and words, while others include the ceremonies of initiation, passing and raising, and the form, dimensions, and supports, the ground, situation and covering, the ornaments, furniture and jewels of the lodge, while again some think that the order has no landmarks beyond its peculiar secrets. In my opinion, all of these are loose and unsatisfactory def definitions, excluding things that are essential and admitting others that are unessential. 
Perhaps, therefore, the safest method is to restrict them to the ancient, and therefore universal, customs of the order. The division of the symbolic Freemasonry into three degrees is a landmark that has been better preserved than almost any other. The legend of the Master Mason's degree is an important landmark, the integrity of which has been well preserved. There is, as far as I am aware, no rite in Freemasonry practiced in any country or language in which the essential elements of this legend are not taught. The lectures may vary, but the legend has ever remained substantially the same. The government of the Navy, by presiding officer called the Grand Master, who is elected by the member of the craft, is a landmark of the order. The prerogative of the Grand Master is to preside over every assembly of the craft, wheresoever and whensoever held, is another landmark. It is in consequence of this law, derived from the ancient usage, that the Grand Master assumes a chair at every communication of Grand Lodge, and that he is also entitled to preside at the communication of every constituent lodge where he may happen to be present. The necessity for Freemasons to congregate in lodges is another landmark. The government of the craft, when so congregated in a lodge by the worshipful master and his wardens, is also considered a landmark. The necessity that every lodge, when assembled, should be duly tied is an important landmark. The right of every Freemason to appeal the decision of his brethren in lodge convened to the Grand Lodge is a landmark highly essential to the preservation of justice. The right of every Freemason, after proper examination, unless he can be vouched for in a proper manner, to visit and sit in every regular lodge is an unquestionable landmark of the order. It is, in my opinion, a landmark that no lodge can interfere in the business of another lodge, nor confer degrees to brethren who are members of other lodges without their special request. Certain qualifications of candidates for initiation are derived from a landmark of the order. These qualifications are that he shall be a man, free-born, and of mature age, and have a belief in existence of God as the great architect of the universe. It is a landmark that the volume of the sacred law should constitute an indispensable part of the furniture of every lodge. Finally, the equality of all Freemasons is another landmark. The secrecy of the institution is another and most important landmark. The foundation of speculative science upon an operative art, and the symbolic use and explanation of the terms of that art for the purpose of religious and moral teaching constitutes another landmark. The Temple of Solomon was a symbolic cradle of the institution, and therefore the reference to the operative mason which constructed this magnificent edifice, to the materials and implements which were employed in its construction, and to the artists who were engaged in building all of the components and essential parts of the body for masonry, which could not be subtracted from it without an entire destruction of the whole identity of the order. Perhaps the crowning landmark of all is that these landmarks can never be changed, because as they were received from our predecessors, we are bound by the most solemn obligations of duty to transmit them to our successors. So there's a quick rundown of the uh, some of the ancient landmarks of Freemasonry. I know, um, listening to our brother Bumstead's uh, talk on it, that uh, each one of the lists has everything in a different order because it sort of leads to the question of what is the most important landmarks and uh, everyone thinks that uh, whenever you put anything into a list that it's in a list of priority. So this was this was in no particular order. Um, 
if uh, if you're interested in seeing, I guess, sort of the most extensive list of uh, ancient landmarks. I believe that uh, Mackay has done that, and I think there's 24, 25 of them offhand. I can't remember. But you can check through those, and uh, I don't know if he put them in any specific order for anything. One of the ones that, uh, as Rachel Brunbumstead talks about, is um, the belief in a great architect of the universe uh, is number 19 on Mackay's list. And just a tip of the hat that uh, everyone should, you know, everyone should get out and get visiting at different lodges. That's another one of those ancient landmarks, and that one's number 14 on the list. And just spend some time, visit with your brethren, and realize that that's one of those things that uh, you're allowed to do. So hopefully uh, next time we, uh, we get together, you will have been out and been visiting to another lodge. So until next time, um, I've been your host, Scott, and... Uh, Oh, come by, visit our website. I guess that's digital visitation, not uh, actual visitation, at kinggeorgelodge.com. And uh, leave some notes there, or if you'd like to get a hold of me with other comments or anything like that, you can email me at podcast at kinggeorgelodge.com. So until next time, keep the shiny side up.